Hey, it's Mental Melissa, and it looks like I'm going to have to be really quick um, because every time I start to uh, record something, my phone rings and <laughs> I lose it all. Um, it's been, I think, like three weeks now since I've really had a moment to sit down and get my thoughts out. Um, work is going well, and I'm feeling a little bit more at ease. Uh, with each each day that passes uh, there's still a ton that I've got to learn or to get a better better feel for um, but I can see where this is going to be a very good fit for me um, I'm also trying to figure out though how to kind of get back on my schedule uh, or, or create a new one, which is, you know, a lumpy, bumpy road to, to creating. Um, my mornings are very different now than they were three weeks ago. Um, my phone starts ringing and I start getting text um, anywhere from 7 in the morning uh, right up until work begins at 9, which isn't really when work fucking begins, but that's me remembering to switch things off phone-wise so that I'm not getting the calls here. They can leave a message and I'll get back to them when we get a little bit closer to opening, the facetious opening. Um, when my boyfriend has been here, it's also... Uh, been weird because between phone calls uh, which you know he's very ready to answer in the morning um, he's also shooting information to me remember this do this can you follow up on this and uh, I love that but I'm sitting here at like you know 720 in the morning like uh, no no I, I can't do any of that shit I, I hear you talking but there's not enough coffee in my system yet to comprehend the meaning of these words that you're speaking. So mornings are very precarious. Um, I'm used to having a very quiet start to my day and uh, that is not the case right now. I know I'll figure it out. I may just have to like build doors on my closet and just go sit in there uh, so noise level is different in my house um, the, the energy in my house is very different right now in the morning it's just very um, jittery and jumbled so I feel like it takes me much longer into my morning to kind of relax and get get my own um, energy to a calm place uh, and then and I, I know this he's going to think this is funny but when we talked about me taking this job um, I was very clear about my morning nap and my afternoon nap and how when I'm depressed um, those are very important to me and I know they seem like little things, but it's all I can do 
some days to make it to, you know, four o'clock to take that nap, which to me is the gift I give myself for having stayed awake and, you know, gotten things done throughout the day is knowing that that's my time. Um, I'm not slacking off on anybody else's time. I'm not being lazy on anybody else's time. So I'm still kind of figuring out how the loss of my naps, both of them, um, is impacting me. I would say right now I'm probably starting to come down at the beginning of that. Uh, I don't know if it's just from the intensity of the past two weeks or stress of learning new things or just just the reality that sometimes uh, your body doesn't fully feel what's going on until after things have passed but I'm, I'm definitely feeling like I hit a wall just very it's not even blah blah is not what I'm feeling I'm just feeling um, not, not a whole lot uh, kind of just existing that's what I feel right now uh, which for me is usually measured in the time between naps and whether or not I feel like cooking or staying awake or, you know like going to bed at 7.30 and laying there like ugh debating in my own head do I, do I stay up and let or do I go to sleep and just ignore the fact that my kids will probably stay up way too late <clears throat> which I don't like to do um, because that's just one of those mental anxiety checklist things. You know, everybody's in bed. Teeth have been brushed. Pills have been taken. Everybody knows not to get up again. <laughs> unless you have a nosebleed or have to go potty. Or you just want to wake up five or six times and come talk to me about some random shit. That's, that's just my life. Um... So I'm also not sure, you know, maybe this isn't depression. Maybe it's just me getting used to being home by myself for like, you know, six, eight hours a day. Um, there's definitely things I can do. I can't say that I have any interest in doing them. I've tried to go out and putter and pull weeds. That usually doesn't last very long because um, all of these weeds are like have roots down to the middle of the earth and they don't come up very easy uh, so I lose interest in that I'm sure I could be I have like at least 10 stacks of papers that could be organized and stuff could be thrown away or I could buy a big file folder tub and put everything in there instead of having it in various piles around my house but I haven't decided to do that either um, my house is not clean the laundry is not done I had a very different vision of what this would look like for me being at home and really all I'm choosing to do is uh, work on my computer um, sit in my recliner 
staring at the front door waiting for somebody to come home um yesterday the phone rang off the hook so that was super busy um not as much today which i'm very grateful for because i really i don't know if i'm getting sick or if this really is just the stress of the past couple weeks um but i have been frequenting the bathroom and so i'm very grateful that i'm not having to play catch up on phone calls right now um Let's see, so this job is going well. He's created a very, very awesome company. Um, keeping his contractors uh, working doesn't seem to be a big issue, except for the fact that they all wanna take multiple days off each week and don't want to answer their phones or respond to texts when you're trying to schedule things but it's a great business uh, I'm super proud of what he's done I am very much enjoying being a part of this um, during the day I'm answering phone calls from the comfort of my recliner while looking out my window to watch my squirrels so I'm in hog heaven there uh, my son was actually off one day last week and his little computer and a little his desk and computer are in front of mine and he was playing video games most of the day and I was taking phone calls and um, probably later in the day he pushed his chair back and looked at me and he goes so this this is what your job's gonna be and I was like yeah and he's like I, I really like this for you and I was like I do too baby this is uh, way less stress way less physical exertion than what I was doing <clears throat> so summer should be great I have the ability to drive the kids where they need to go uh, I have the ability to be here with them so I don't have teenagers unsupervised in a house by themselves all day um, Anyway, I'm very excited about that. Um, so today, beautiful day, it's raining outside, little burst of sunshine. I'm sitting here rocking in my recliner, wonderful. Um, so mornings are rough, I'll figure those out, right? Uh, afternoons or evenings, equally rough um, because he doesn't get home until 7 30 8 o'clock at night so I'm having to remind myself to eat and to eat early you know regular time because I can't eat that late uh, it upsets my stomach and I get very bloated and can't sleep um, and then you know he comes home and he's still either wired or completely exhausted or a combination of both and um, you know so then we're trying to stop the whole conversation but obviously you want to know how their day was I mean that that could be like the first time I've seen him all day so it's very hard not to talk about what you've been doing or what went to shit or what was cool and stupid and weird 
um, and somehow not to bring work into that. Um, even for me, he'll be talking just you know normal stuff, and then I'll I'll think of something that I needed its help with earlier in the day, and then you know there we are, and it's 9:30, and we're still talking work, which has to be done, but there are consequences to doing that. Uh, we'll figure that out too. Um, the same issue I have with the morning, the lack of quiet and peace is part of the evening. Um, you know, I've got a whole ritual that starts in the early evening, uh, just being quiet, and my kids are very quiet, um, getting in the bath, relaxing, getting out, brushing my teeth, getting out of my pajamas, getting into bed, laying there quietly, playing on my phone or reading, and that's just not happening when you share a house. Alright, so this is going to be, can I have some more wine with my cheese part two? Um, so I'm sitting here and all of a sudden I notice my boyfriend is here at the house. Uh, he's got to switch out the trailer hitch, take the trailer, go on to the next job, but I know, I know he's going to come in. Um, so I will have forgotten where I ended this. Other than I know that I was talking about the evening. Um, I know it's going to take some time for me to finish getting a feel for this, and as I've alluded to numerous times, I know uh, this is a good fit for me, and if we can make this work, um, it, is, it is something that I will thrive at. Uh, I, I look forward to bringing a new business and managing the business we have. Okay, here he comes. Again, so I'm going to stop. Okay, well this will probably be how most of my recordings will be from here forward. <laughs> um, he came in, he needed a paper clip. It's a MacGyver thing. He's going to use it to open something, put some wires in, put it all back together. I don't know. I don't even remember what he's out doing today. Uh, other than I'm looking at the calendar, I know where he's supposed to be. Anyway, so... That was funny. This is what it's going to be. A million little segments again. Um, until I figure out how to uh, get up and do these way earlier. But Okay, so the evening. Um, the evening, he's exhausted. Uh, I'm not physically exhausted. Um, I have thought about starting to walk in the mornings early, um, knowing that I probably won't be able to squeeze it in later, and then it gets hot too, but um, I think that might help me reclaim a little bit of my quiet time, my in my own head time. Uh, you know, and again, it's not everybody has this much internal dialogue or internal headspace they kind of sit in, um, but I do. 
And so I've got to figure out how to make that or allow that to happen so that I'm not feeling anxious throughout the day. Um, so maybe I'll walk. Who knows? Uh, he's exhausted. I'm exhausted just from not having had my two fucking naps today. Um, and then just the stress of things being new. Um, he is also getting ready to move his kids back into the apartment below me. I know we're all kind of feeling that, just like when the hell is that going to happen on top of everything else but you know it's it's the blessing of having business and not everybody has that and I'm very much seeing that that a lot of the guys he is you know putting on different jobs are very talented and the aspect that they haven't been able to uh, own is bringing in new business managing it getting the bids out and, and it is a lot to do. Um, most days in the past two weeks have been overwhelming to me for how many phone calls are coming in or the list of people who he went and gave bids to and just hasn't been able to follow up with. So um, I, I know he is very blessed in his ability to bring in new business. Um, I'm definitely ready to be done with the phones in the evening. Uh, it's just, it's a different lifestyle, and, and I know I'm not thriving in it right now. Um, the phone's ringing at 3, at 4, at 5, at 6. Uh, I'm still checking Facebook, which has become a nice little addition to bringing in uh, new potential clients. And, you know, I'm sitting just goofing off on my own page or my friends' pages, and a lead comes through, and, you know, you want to respond to it, and... This is not a job, and maybe I needed it to be. Um, this this is a lifestyle again. Um, so just a lot of figuring out, and I'm sure we'll figure it out, or or we won't, and this won't work, and you know we'll just have to figure something else out. But um, I'm trying to roll with this. just it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot um, and for him it's a very long busy physical day so here's my whining whining part three um, I gotta figure some stuff out so that I'm prepared for the fall and the winter and you know, in spring, those are dark, cold months, and, you know, maybe by then I'll have figured out something I can be doing on the side to keep my mind fresh and keep my interest. Uh, I... I've made it through 
giving my two weeks notice, finishing out Mother's Day buffet, two weeks of this new job, and I feel okay, uh, but I need to get an appointment scheduled because I am, like I said, just feeling very low also. And it's in spurts, and then it is just, it's overwhelming. It's like having uh, a big, heavy, wet washcloth just laying on me. Where, you know, you just, you can't move. There's no energy. Um, again, I ask this on a regular basis. Maybe this is normal. It doesn't feel like it should be. It doesn't feel like it should be. Uh, so I'm going to go with that and get an appointment scheduled and just make sure that uh, I think she had said to me the psychiatric nurse that I could go up a half of a Lamotrigine if I felt I needed it and uh, I may need to Um, I went to my group last week and or two weeks ago two weeks ago I had my epic meltdown and finally told them what was going on with my son and my ex-husband and they are all so sweet and they've all had uh, very different lives than me <laughs> um, everybody is so ready to believe that there is um, low income or reduced fee attorneys. I, I remember hearing that in 2010. Um, everybody kept telling me, you know, you're, you qualify. And I'm like, you, that's not even a real thing. Um, you go to the courthouse and you can speak to a lawyer uh, who may or may not have any experience in whatever form of law that you're needing, whether it be divorce or um, wills or property, but they have a lawyer there that you can speak to um, who can give you guidance or the next step. Um, but there, there are no um, reduced rate or income-based lawyers for divorce or child custody. Um, there sure as shit should be, but they don't exist. Uh, so all of these wonderful, well-meaning people felt my indignation that my ex was uh, had asked our son to come back to our 50-50 agreement a month after receiving the paperwork uh, stating that I had him full-time and it got us very sidetracked but that was good because I needed to gain regain my composure there's um there's a, a young man I would say mid-twenties he comes with his dad because his mom is bipolar and I think she's had some uh, drug and alcohol problems over the years and he's very sweet as is his dad and uh, the son does not say 
really anything. Um, just kind of soaking it in. And the person who facilitates the group said something to the effect of, um, he was trying to be kind to me, which I very much appreciate, but he said, you know, children, they understand at a certain point what's going on. And then as they become young adults, they kind of make sense of it and they figure out the manipulation that was going on and um, the parent who was being very mean. And, and I looked at him and I so want to believe that, but I, I already have life experience that that's not the case. Um, and in my own personal experience, uh, from talking to my sister about this very subject, you know, until the day my dad died, I was still trying to make peace and rationalize in my head things he's done. Um, and you hang in there with hope that they're going to make these big changes and become the parents you needed for them to be. But I have learned <laughs> uh, a, lot of, a lot of parents don't do that. And so when I see myself in that role of I know better and I know my dad uh, had alcoholism, so wasn't in a good headspace most of the time and certainly didn't make most of his decisions uh, from a good space. Uh, you know, and towards the end he couldn't even drive. So really his whole day was spent trying to figure out who was going to bring him food and who was going to bring him booze. Um, there, there are a lot of us and I can't imagine my children being any different uh, than myself. There is a very basic level where all of this starts to make sense, um, but almost as a defense mechanism, you start to rationalize why somebody who loved you would do these things. And once you reach that step, it's not very far for you to I don't know, it is pretty far for some people. Um, I think the goal as humans is we want to get to a place where we forgive that person. And in so doing, change how we relate to them and what our expectations are. But I don't believe there will be a point in time ever where my kids will look at their father, see all of the really, really shitty, mean things he's done, and hate him. I don't, I don't think that'll happen. Uh, and I don't want that to happen. 
Okay, sometimes I do when I'm really hurt. But that's not what I want. Except that you do. Like I'm saying, I mean, divorce is so ugly. And when it has to be ugly like this, you do. I would love for them to say, oh, my God, Mom, I can't believe he messed with you and was so mean and took all of these things away that he didn't have to but that everything he did for a decade was purely to punish you um, it's not going to happen um, but so in this in this therapy group everybody was very clear that you know good prevails and your children will realize the sacrifice and uh, I can't even think of any of the other cliches but I know there are a million of them and in my life and in my world those cliches don't mean shit um, kids grow up, they move on they, they're not all internal and in their own head they just move on um, if something unfortunate happens to them in their life that is similar to this they may they may take the time to reflect on how the two are similar oh my god I don't wish that on my kids though um, I hope they never know anything like the divorce between their dad and I uh, so I looked at that young man and, and I've said it another times uh, to him you don't have to forgive your parents you don't have to listen to their bullshit you don't have to take the trip with them down the sobriety trail for the fifth time I think sometimes it's okay to shut those doors sometimes you just got to rebuild behind them for a while uh, but to me the reality and that's what I was trying to say to the facilitator is eventually you open those doors again because we all want the same illusion we are not illusion we want, all want the same opportunity to have a fabulous life and a fabulous family so you open those doors and you bring the people back in and sometimes you find out they're still just as shitty as they were and you have to try and close those doors again which is not as hard um, as everybody will lead you to believe sometimes you really do just have to stop taking phone calls stop answering emails stop answering the damn door um, So that part went okay, and like I said, it just got sidetracked, and um, I finally just shut up because, you know, nobody's going to believe 
that there's really nobody to help you. Um, it is a beautiful sentiment, but uh, there aren't all these fine lawyers who have time to volunteer and donate their services. Just like I don't volunteer my services as an event planner or a car detailer or a million other things. People don't do that. Uh, we are all too busy trying to earn money and raise our families. Uh, there's a finite amount we can do for free. Um, I told him about the job. <laughs> uh, I don't think I mentioned it was for my boyfriend or with my boyfriend. Um, I did tell him, uh, and that was the funny part of the start of the meeting. I said, well, I've had a lot of changes. And they're like, well, that's good. And I was like, you know, unless you're bipolar. And then everybody starts wondering, okay, is she doing all of this shit because she's having a manic uh, episode? Uh, to which they laughed, and they're like, you've got you've to trust your gut. And I'm like, well, that's not something... That's not something that people with mental illness can, can wholeheartedly do. Um, our guts lie to us, and our brains lie to us, and we misread things, uh, or, or we make decisions out of fear or anxiety. So it was a good therapy group. Uh, I went last week. And I didn't talk a whole lot just to say, you know, I'm better. I'm less angry. Again, it's just, it's a transition and I don't do them swift, but I am proud that I do transition. Um, I just, I don't like to be caught off guard and I, who cares, you know, more wine, wine, wine. Um, that's life. Life's just going to fuck with you. But uh, my son seems to be doing okay. I've already resigned myself that, you know, yes, I had him for the past year. And he didn't stay with his dad, but that doesn't matter. That was my volunteer time. That was my donation to the Rasmussen family. Um, that's just what it is. There's not going to be any hurrah. There's not going to be any payment for that. Um, I do think my son one day will know and understand that he was able to get to where he is today because we were home and of the relationship we had, have. Um, there's a uh, father, the mother's come in too, but the father's the one who comes most weeks. They have an adult son who's bipolar, um, who 
I guess, moved out to another state, and then out of the blue, moved out of his friend's apartment, quit his job, traveled down to Florida, believes he was, he's a prophet, um, was living on the streets and in his car. Uh, he was calling his parents most nights, and they were grateful for that, but just them just reeling, how, you know, how do we get him home, how do we get him help, and uh, the beautiful thing about, a beautiful thing about the United States is uh, we have rights, and so as difficult as it is, this young man did not meet the criteria uh, to be hospitalized against his will. And I guess he drove out here, and his parents did get him into uh, a facility for a 72-hour hold. Um, and they keep talking about the three rules, but I forget them all the time on, you know, how you can help, how you can facilitate getting your loved one into a mental health facility for review. Um, so they got him in. He won't take meds. He got out, and he left the state. And so the dad was updating us that, you know, they're still, he's still calling and the toll that's taking on everybody. And we have a second facil facilitator who said, you know, have you, have you gone in to see a therapist yourself? Because this is such a great time of stress. And uh, he said, no. And then she asked, you know, about it. Was he taking medications? the dad and dad said the mom was but that he wasn't and uh, she kept asking you know why do you have a uh, concern or just don't think it's a good idea and so he mentioned you know I'm just I'm, I'm against medications and I don't want to be um, you know I don't want to be kind of dead or dull and and so I asked, and I, I don't think it was really understood what I was asking, but, um, or stating, um, you know, I said those, that feeling, that worry, that fear of taking meds is no different than your son's or mine. Um, it's like, I don't know if that will help you have a little bit more common ground with your adult son, but the fear that the average person has of like I don't take Tylenol because I don't want to be dependent on you know pain relievers and I don't take um, high blood pressure medicine I'm just going to take all of these vitamins and it's it's not just um, mental health meds that are looked upon so poorly but nonetheless we the mentally ill hear you say these things uh, I feel the same way I don't like taking meds 
I don't like taking them for my ulcerative colitis. I don't like taking them for a migraine. Um, I don't like taking them when my period starts. I don't like taking them. Life is so much easier when you don't have to take freaking pills. Uh, I don't like taking birth control. Um, there's, a, there's just a million different ways and a million different times a day when you hear somebody say something like that. Oh, I don't do that. I don't take, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I handle things naturally. I changed my diet and my exercise and now I'm all better. Um, pill shaming. So that's, that was my take on what this dad was doing. Um, he doesn't want to have to admit that he might have some situational uh, depression or anxiety um, that our pharmaceutical companies have medication for that he could be put on and then weaned off um, when he and his therapist felt that was a good thing to do. His son is saying the same thing. Now granted it's from a, uh, a point of manic psychosis um, but it's no less real everybody's worried about pills changing who we are and altering us and us not being able to make decisions because of them it's no different um, so anyway that was my obnoxiousness last week um, this week I did not go, um, this is the last, it was the last day of s school, uh, so, super busy, exhausted, really just exhausted. Um, trying to think brain fog I'm definitely having it so I, I will probably give my psychiatrist a visit a call verify that I can go up on my uh, depression medicine and oh my god I, well, I do need to tell you this because I'm sure you I'm sure I'm not the only person okay so holiday weekends seem to be like my time to completely fuck everything up so I'm getting ready uh, I'm getting ready for bed no I'm getting ready first thing in the morning first thing in the morning uh, I've got to take my lithium pill and um, Lamotrigine and if I reach into my um, so I keep like one thing of pills for morning down where I get ready where I blow dry my hair and all that stuff and then I have uh, another container of them over by my bed so that when I get ready to go to bed it's like one of the last things I do so I reach into my morning pill box and there's like uh, one like the one I'm about to take and uh, then I go to my bedside and open that up and there's two um, which is what I'm going to take that night and I'm like oh shit I don't have anything for Sunday. I don't have anything for Monday. I don't know what my psychiatrist is doing. She could be on vacation. Um, zero clue. So I'm like, I, I could have potentially screwed up 
um, six months, well, more than that now, but um, of keeping my shit together. And so I call the pharmacy, um, and I leave this, uh, I talk to the guy, I'm pleading, pleading, please, please, please. You can see that there's been no change. I've been on the same dosage uh, of the lithium for ever. I just, I just need enough to get me through until you can contact my doctor to get this done. And he said, yeah, so I go pick it up and they're just always smiling. And I know it's not what I think it is, but that's how I read it. They're smiling at me like, oh, silly girl. Really? Is this like the crazy person? Um, top 10 things to do over a holiday weekend. Forget to order your fucking pills. Um, yeah, it kind of is. Um, anyway, crisis averted. Um, but I don't even pay attention to how many refills I have left on my prescriptions anymore. And I need to, and that's one of my goals is uh, some of them I have three months, some of them I am month to month um, because my dosage was changing. So I want to put it on my calendar. Um, and I hate that I can't order everything at the same time. I'm sure there's a way to fix that. It's just escaping me now. So like I got lithium on Sunday and the Lamotrigine I'll go pick up today. <laughs> Um, you know, so they don't, nothing syncs up. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm, I'm trying to stay uh, in a positive, good mental place and take my meds and behave and all that jazz. Anyway, I'm going to end for now and hopefully I'll have something more fun and exciting to talk to you about soon.